Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Perspective Planning Podcast. My name is Michael Mazaritsky, and I am your co-host of this uh, particular podcast, and um, I'm also president of Milestone Asset Management Group, a fee-only registered investment advisor with a couple of locations, one in Avon and one in Milford. And I'm also joined by uh, Rich Lopresti, who is my co-host and co-buddy here on this podcast. And uh, Rich actually runs our Milford office. So, uh, Rich, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to be back. We took a little bit of a break between the episodes, but it's been uh, it's just been very, very busy here at the practice for both Rich and I. And But we certainly wanted to get back uh, and, and put together some additional content for you guys. The whole purpose of our podcast is to take a complicated topic and try to simplify it or put a new sort of a perspective, a new spin on it to make it simpler for people to understand. And hopefully the information we provide is more or less helpful. So we've received a lot of requests and a lot of emails in, in reaction to our previous podcast. And uh, we had few clients that actually suggested few topics that we cover. And uh, consistently the topic that has been coming up as of late is social security. For those of you that are new to our channel or to what we do, our practice specializes in primarily working with retirees and pre-retirees. That's really who we work with. So social security is a hot button for us. Uh, we spend a lot of time analyzing and looking at it and then figuring out the best strategy and sort of the best way to use social security as part of your overall retirement plan. So we'll, we'll spend 30 minutes today or so kind of discussing it and going over different angles and Hopefully it's helpful. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. And uh, I'll go right to my uh, co-host, Rich here. And Rich, what is? Uh, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what social security is and just like a high-level parameter? Sort of what exactly is it? Everybody talks about it. Everybody wants to collect it. But what exactly is it? <laughs> well, pretty much you've been paying into it your whole life. Uh, if, you're, if you're employed, you're, you're paying FICA taxes through your employer. If you're self-employed, you're also paying into it. And uh, the good old government of the United States of America takes that money and has your best interest in mind and puts it into a fund and grows that uh, over time, but then starts to pay that back to you over over time. But there's certain parameters that, that you need to, to hit. You need to have a certain amount of years or hours worked and uh, have to hit certain ages, uh, like the minimum uh, retirement age for social security is is 62 to qualify for it and what they do is they they pay you a certain percentage based on what your income level is for the rest of your life and um you know it's guaranteed by the full faith of the government and uh, in some years it does increase uh, via an inflation uh, or a cola cost of living adjustment and uh again is is a small but very important part of people's retirement. Uh, most people feel that they can count on it. So they typically base their essential expenses on uh, their social security. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's exactly it. I just, uh, you know, remember that earlier uh, in my career, at least I've been doing this for 21 years. So have, so have Rich actually has been doing a little bit longer than me, but I remember that in, in the 90s, when, when somebody was retiring, they usually had a couple of sources of income that was more or less guaranteed, you know, pension and Social Security. Right, yeah. Now, pensions have kind of gone by the wayside. I mean, I think there are still 
few companies that offer those, but primarily when somebody is retiring now, uh, Social Security is usually the only source of income that they have that's more or less guaranteed, and the rest kind of have to come out from their savings, 401ks, IRAs, you know, different compensations, 403B plans. So whatever type of um, savings they've done throughout the work, uh, there's a lot more pressure on it to supplement. So when you are looking at the Social Security, as Rich alluded to, it's basically a system where you collect income. Once you hit a certain age, you can turn the income on at the age of 62. But uh, a lot of people do wait until uh, what's called the full retirement age. Now, the difference between the 62 and the full retirement age, and depending on what your birth date is, that full retirement age might be slightly different. The way to check is to go to the Social Security's website. uh, And when you log in, the system will basically tell you exactly at what age you have full retirement benefit. Now, what does that mean? So if you start collecting before your full retirement benefit, you get a reduced payout. So basically, they pay you less. If you start at 62, you get about a 20% reduction compared to what you'd get if you waited until your full retirement age. Now, that payment goes up every year. So if you wait till 63, your payment is going to be slightly more than whatever they've been at 62. And at 64, it would be slightly more than 63. And so on and so forth until the age of 66. At the age of 66, you can go ahead and start collecting, if you choose to, your fully earned retirement benefit that's been promised to you on all those Social Security statements and statements online. Now, what's interesting is what happens if you don't collect at the age of 66? Say you're still working or you decided to defer. Rich, do you want to educate our listeners on exactly what happens if you don't start collecting and you wait till 67 or 68 or 69? It goes up. Your Social Security goes up, which is uh, which is great. Um, typically by 0.67% a month or um, 8% per year. So that can go up 8% per year from 62 to full retirement age, which in some cases could be 65 or 67. Uh, up until the age of 70, uh, where you you do need to, to then elect to take your Social Security. But you're basically getting an 8% raise per year. On a side note, I would love to just take that money that I was given the government to invest on my own, because I think we could do a lot better than they are. And, um, you know, Mike and I are, are actually supporting, you know, some of our clients and, and some of the older folks that are, have been collecting Social Security you know, in their 80s and 90s, um, and our kids were dependent upon them to, to again contribute to that system. So, hey, <laughs> that's enough about that. But yes, you get a raise, Michael, which is good. So it, it kind of takes me to you know, if you want to sound a little smart when you talk to your spouse, there, there's a word that I use to describe or some of the things that you might want to look at because it is personal. Everything is based upon your situation. If you take it now or you take it later. You know, obviously you would want to have more if you don't need to take it, but the word is, is lens. So it's kind of, what is the lens that you and your family and your situation, what lens are you looking through? And the L stands for life expectancy. The E is employment. The N is your need. And then the S is your spouse. You know, what is your spouse's situation? So, you know, life expectancy, if you, you have, um, you know, longevity in your family, no one has a crystal ball. But if, if you tend to, to have you know, older parents, grandparents that are living into their 90s, uh, into their hundreds, well, 
you, you might want to think to to delay it. Typically, a 65-year-old couple has a 50% chance that one of the, the spouses is going to live past 90. So you know, again, you need to consider your health and longevity. The second piece, Mike, is is the employment. You know, Are you going to work in retirement? Do you have a practice where you're going to kind of turn it down over time and consult? Because in most cases, if you're working and you do decide to take your benefits, they're going to be reduced by the amount of income that you are making, right? And especially in this gig economy that you have, you know, you can create a part-time job and part-time income pretty, pretty easily. So again, if you don't need that, um, which brings us to the need, right? So if you are retiring, you know, say at 62 or 63, uh, full retirement age for you is not until 67, um, you know, do you, do you ha- is, there, is there a gap uh, that you need to fill or that income gap that that Social Security is going to provide? Can you successfully take that from your assets to put that strain, I guess, on the portfolio if you if you do develop the benefits or delay the benefits? So these are some of the things that you need to talk about. And then as far as your spouse, you know, typically uh, wage earners in, in households make different amounts of, of money. So sometimes one person's Social Security is higher than the others. So if your spouse's Social Security is double that or more than double of yours, you actually, your spouse can qualify for 50% of their spouse's Social Security um, or their own, whichever one obviously is is higher. But the one that is near and dear to my heart, you know, you might be able to take one Social Security now and then delay it in the future. An example of that would be, Mike, is that the spouse takes their Social Security maybe early at or at full retirement age, and then their spouse actually delays theirs. And if something happened to their spouse uh, later on in the future when they took it at age 70, their, their spouse would then inherit the higher benefit. So it would uh, put of a less of a burden on on that spouse. So, those are some of the things that that I consider when when looking through uh, the lens, so to speak. But again, it's it's pertinent or personal to your situation, and that's something that you know having a retirement plan you can look at because again, it's only a small part of your plan, but an important piece of it. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And, and so basically, if if you got anything out of it, is that the social security is is, is nothing but simple. You know, there, there's there's <laughs> many Very different true. ways uh, that you can utilize Social Security because uh, that's an income that, that you are receiving. So now it is then up to you and your spouse or your partner or your significant other to kind of determine what's the best strategy to utilize and how to best to put your Social Security and maximize it over the course of your lifetime. Uh, but it is definitely a, a great way to get potentially an 8% guaranteed rate of return by just delaying Social Security. Now, on the flip side, you know, th- there's a lot of argument from people that's coming in and say, you know what, I'll just start at 62. I'll start at 62. I want my money now. And uh, I don't want to wait. There's a 13-year break-even point on, on, on getting that Social Security. And I don't want to wait that long. I want my money now. And I think that there is no right or wrong answer. The answer is always, it depends, right? So a lot of people just want to get their money on Social Security, and that's totally fine. They can do that. It's a burden hand, Michael. Yeah, they think, you know, Social Security might not be there, so let me me take it now. But to your point with the break-even, well, you know, if they live past a certain amount of years of collecting Social Security, 
well, you know, they're going to make a significantly higher amount of, of money that they would be getting, you know, monthly from Social Security if, if they did indeed delay it. If they delay it. That's exactly correct. And I, I think the point, uh, and we'll get to it in just a few minutes here, but there are lots of different layers in, in determining what's the right strategy. You know, there's taxes, implications, there's... Uh, how are you going to bridge yourself if you don't start collecting Social Security and you decided to wait either till the full retirement age or until the age of 70? Should you do Roth conversions? Uh, how much of your Social Security is taxable to you? How do you determine that? A lot of people don't realize that they actually will be paying taxes on Social Security and they could potentially be paying taxes on 85 cents of every dollar that they get from Social Security it could be taxable to you if you are not careful with it. So I think that uh, you know everyone is sort of entitled to their opinion, but I think the best answer that I give anytime we sit down with a client or a prospective client, and obviously because we only work with pre-retirees and retirees, the Social Security question is always there. And so like, what's the best way for me to collect it? What's the best strategy for me? Uh, and I think the best way to do it is to just test it. You know, you should be able to have a plan. You know, when you put together a retirement plan, part of your retirement plan should concentrate around tax minimization, income maximizations. And those two things are interrelated because there are many different ways that you can utilize um, Social Security and along with proper planning to try to minimize your taxes. So let's talk a little bit about some of the drawbacks potentially of collecting your Social Security early. So for example, if you're still working and you start collecting Social Security at 62 just because you feel like you want to get a bird in hand and you want to get that money going. I've been working for too long, Mike. I want to get that now. Well, guess what? That Social Security gets added to your income uh, on top of whatever salary you are making and your salary is making. You're looking at your AGI, and all of a sudden that Social Security to you is fully taxable. So you might say, you know what? Maybe I'll wait until I retire. I'll, I'll retire and I'll, I'm retired now. I'm 63, 64. I want to start collecting my Social Security now. Rich, what do you think some of the things that we should look at when we are determining, um, you know, just a couple of things, one or two things that sort of make sense to evaluate and review before you really decide to trigger the Social Security? And quick question, uh, what happens, this is for you, audience, you know, you can pause this for a minute and kind of test your knowledge if you'd like to, but what happens if you start taking your Social Security and you change your mind? I'm going to pause for just a second so you guys don't cheat and see if you know the answer to this question. And the answer to the question is very simple. You have 12 months to pay it back. So if you start Social Security, you get 12 months to change your mind, and you can put the money back. Uh, I got to pay it back, and then it's basically kind of like it never happened. However, 12 months in one day, and you're stuck with your payment for, for a long period of time. Right. Yeah, there used to be many loopholes with taking Social Security, but they've closed most of them. So that one, <laughs> you still have have that opportunity. But to your question earlier, Mike, most people who are approaching retirement and getting in retirement, they actually haven't lived in retirement. So they don't really know how things are, are going. They don't know what their expenses are actually going to be. You know, they don't really know what their income is looking like. You know, they don't know what income their portfolio can provide them with. There's different decisions, you know, with Medicare and, and stuff like that, that they have to look at as well. And social security affects all of that. And that's the biggest thing, like you just mentioned, if you do start collecting social security, well, that comes and gets added to your income as earned income. So 
if you were looking at strategies to minimize taxes, like you alluded to before, Roth conversions, in which are so powerful, well, you just increased your, your income. So now that's the possibility of converting less of your traditional 401k IRA to, to a Roth, right? So, you know, these are some of the things that you need to consider. But it it's, goes back to having having that plan. You know, keep it simple. What's the income? What are my expenses? What are my assets? And what is the best way to take these assets over my lifetime? Not today, not tomorrow, not next month, not next year, but over my retirement and be realistic. And that's the thing. You know, if we are honest with ourselves, we can look at the different risks associated with retiring and and help mitigate a lot of those by structuring the portfolio. And Social Security does play a big part in that, you know. So, um, you know, that that's kind of yeah, what no, I would you, say. You're absolutely right. You got to look I, at all the angles. You, you know, if I take it, if I don't take it, it's a numbers game. It's as simple, simple as that. It's math, simple math. Uh, but it gets tied back to emotion, which, um, you know, we need to need to get over. Yeah, no, you are, you're absolutely right, Rick. And, you know, you got to make some assumptions. When you start doing retirement planning, you know, uh, if you knew how long you'd live, the retirement planning would be a lot easier um, because that's unknown is basically not unknown anymore. So you have to make some assumptions uh, when you start doing retirement planning. So there are many different strategies, and the purpose of this podcast is not to jump into all these different strategies and go in detail description of what they are because this podcast would be extremely long. We try to keep it to about 30 minutes. However, one of the uh, um, strategies that we want to continue to build on was Roth conversions, which Rich alluded to. Our last episode that we ran on Roth conversions was extremely popular. We've gotten a lot of questions, a lot of feedback. So I think it just makes sense to continue to build on it. So let's let's kind of take a look at see how the Social Security and Roth conversions can kind of come together. So with a lot of our clients, once we kind of go through a retirement plan and we start really looking at the Social Security claiming strategies, you know, right now there, there are a lot of unknowns. We have no idea what's going to happen with taxes. There are a lot of different proposals that are circulating. But at this point, nothing has been passed. However, in my opinion, our, our national debt has been climbing like there is no tomorrow. I remember Rich and I used to do classes at Fairfield University in 2019, and we were looking at national debt around 20 somewhat trillion dollars. Well, it's pushing 30 trillion now. There are many different theories of how you can possibly deal with that number. But I think one that works really well and sort of our government has control over are taxes. And if you look at uh, uh, the current proposals and, and some of the other things that are on the table, increasing taxes, not for everyone, but for certain individuals, corporations, taxes uh, are, are going up, in my opinion. So what we're doing with a lot of our clients is we're discussing Roth conversions and the ability to move money from IRAs or qualified accounts, 401ks, into a Roth IRAs. And the reason why it's beneficial is because when you turn 72, that's where required distribution come into play. And at that point, the IRS kind of forces you into draws. You got to take money out. You don't have a choice. They tell you the formula, and that formula is going to go up every single year. And every single year, you're going to be taking more and more and more and more. So what we try to do with our clients is, well, we got about a 10-year window if you're 62 or 63. Let's take a look and see if we can reduce positions in our 401ks or in our IRAs on our terms, where we can try to stay within a certain bracket 
uh, or we can try to pay taxes that hopefully are lower today than it will be 10 years from now. So how does Social Security buys into all of it? Well, if you start Social Security and you start doing Roth conversions, guess what? And Rich, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to start paying taxes on it. You have a sort of marginal bracket and a marginal tax bracket will add your Social Security income, will add your Roth conversion income, dividend income, any kind of income you get, and you will arrive at a number called provisional income. Provisional income determines how much of your Social Security is going to be taxable to you. So depending on how much you're converting, all of a sudden you're paying 85% of your Social Security is taxable to you. So what a lot of times we do with our clients is we say, hey, is there a way for us to illustrate and sort of run it through our planning tools, our tax planning tools, a scenarios where we're doing conversions, but we're not claiming Social Security, we're delaying Social Security. Now remember, as Rich said, every year you delay Social Security, your Social Security goes up by 8%. So that's a guaranteed rate of return. And the purpose of this is to try to convert as much of your qualified accounts, IRAs, 401ks, on your terms, pay taxes on your terms, put it into a Roth IRA so the money growing tax-free. So this way, when you do have to claim your Social Security, it doesn't make sense to go past 70 because it doesn't grow. You're supplementing your income with Roth IRA versus qualified pre-tax IRA. Now, Rich, what happens when you're taking money from the Roth IRA and Social Security? How are your taxes impacted? Well, it could be could be less. I mean, yeah, one third of one third of people who take Social Security are taxed. Two thirds aren't. Typically, the two thirds that aren't make less income. You know, they're on a, on a lower income level by reducing your taxes by converting to a Roth. Well, those minimum required distributions or required minimum distributions, depending upon how you were taught what that is, you're not going to have to pay taxes because that comes out as income in a traditional IRA or 401k. But now that it's in a Roth, well, that doesn't come out. You already paid the taxes on it. So it, it, again, lowers it, which again, lowers Medicare rates. All I mean, there's so many different things that... um, you know, the kind of the dominoes fall in your favor, if you will. Yeah. So basically the point it's is amazing. you can take a million dollars out of your Roth IRA and pay zero taxes on your social security. So utilizing Roth conversions, even alongside of social security is a very, very powerful tool. Now, obviously you have to have a plan. You have to work with a tax advisor. You have to work with a knowledgeable financial planner that is willing to kind of run those numbers for you and sort of dibble into taxes and have those discussions with you. But that's just one way that you can try to maximize your social security. Plus, as Rich alluded to earlier, when you wait till the age of 70, the spousal benefits, so if one party passes away, the higher earner passes away, and let's assume it's a female, that she passes away, and then the husband can actually claim her death benefit, which would be potentially higher than his, because she was making more money over the course of her career, and she waited until the age of 70. So now he's getting $3,500, $3,600 a month of potentially tax-free money because you've done the conversions and sort of moving money out on your terms, paid taxes on your terms, and you kind of didn't let the government sort of force it down your throat and tell you when and how you're supposed to do things and pay taxes on and, and so on and so forth. So we found this to be a, a very, very powerful tool. Yeah. Again, not for everyone. Roth conversions is not a solution for every single person, 
Um, but it certainly should be a right. subject of discussion. But it's it's eye opening, Mike. So I mean, making slight changes, looking at different things that are available to you, and that's the whole point is to look at everything, you know, and not leave anything there. So I mean, it's even you know, and that's the, kind of the way I approach financial planning is is you know, if I see a penny on the floor, I I know it's not worth a lot of money, but guess what? I'm picking it up, <laughs> you know, and all those things could 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 add up. You never know. It could be one of those uh, special pennies that uh, were made in, you know, 1929 or 1930. Uh, that's that's worth, you know, a few thousand dollars. So, I, again, you never know without exploring these things. Like Michael said, it has to be dependent upon your situation. Some people can convert their entire retirement to a Roth. Um, there's other reasons besides Social Security that they do that. You know, some might do a portion. Right. And kind of kind of balance it out. But you have to do what works for you and your situation. I mean, if you need the money, you need to take it. You have to take it. Right. You know, if, if you don't need it and there's other ways to supplement that uh, Social Security or the amount that you're going to get, uh, you know, there could be, you know, great benefit to it. So that's all, you know, we're, we're trying to give you a fresh perspective on that and just kind of open your eyes to different possibilities than just looking at. The lens that I mentioned earlier, that's just basic stuff that you look at, which is important. But again, we need to look at what the government, what the rules, what the regulations are, what the different types of accounts and asset placement and stuff, uh, you know, and we didn't even touch on, you know, Medicare as a, you know, that that could can benefit that as well. Yeah. Like, like we said at the beginning, you know, we can only cover so many strategies because we're trying to keep this podcast to a certain time frame. But there are many other strategies, many other ways to determine, you know, when to claim Social Security. But everybody has an opinion. You know, what we believe here at Milestone is that we don't have to guess. We don't have to second guess. We don't have to hypothesize about what's the best strategy, what's not the best strategy. We test it. We run it through the plan. We put the numbers on the, into our tools. We, we bring our tax softwares and we run it. And we see what the best outcome is for the clients. And that's how you determine what the best strategy is. Um, and I think one of the other things that we might do is in our future podcast, maybe we can kind of coordinate social security with other planning strategies um, that you can potentially sort of combine as you start to really concentrate in, and look at retirement planning. But you know, retirement planning, you only get to do it once. You get to do it once correctly, hopefully. And you better, you know, you better measure a thousand times because you only get to cut it once. And there's really no turning back. You know, last thing you want to do is go back to work. So you want to make sure you do proper planning in advance. And taxation is the big, biggest expense in retirement. It's not inflation. It, it's taxes. Uh, so the more of it you can keep, the better off, in my opinion, you will be, the more successful you are. And it's interesting because anytime we run a retirement plan and we'll look at proper Roth conversion strategies and then we compare the plans together, they might both be successful where you really don't have a reason. or You're not running out of money, but you have a lot less money at the end because tax-free growth is important and it compounds much faster. And then you actually have to pass more money on to your beneficiaries in a tax-free manner, which is also important because in today's environment, they got 10 years to take it out. And depending on what the tax rate might be, they might be giving away a third of it to the IRS just because it's a qualified account. So more money in their pocket is better off than less money the in beneficiaries. their pocket. Just, Beneficial to the exactly, beneficiaries. The beneficiaries. <laughs> Uh, and that's and that's a topic for a whole new discussion. But um, oh, nice. you know, at the end, you know, if anybody has any questions, if we can be of any assistance, if you feel that you found this podcast interesting and 
helpful and, and you have questions on social security strategies that might not necessarily have been discussed here, which again, there, there are many aren't because we can't cover them all. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our website is milestoneamg.com. You can call us at the office 860-259-4800. I'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, so in conclusion, Rich, is there anything that you want to uh, add? That's uh, it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm out of words, but uh, this, has been, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> That's rare. That's rare. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully we were able to put some fresh perspective on things for you guys. And um, if, you, like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And we'll continue to build on this Roth conversions and retirement planning and pairing it up with different financial planning instruments like you know different income streams different accounts different strategies we we'll continue to put out this content that we hope uh, you find helpful and hopefully helps make the right decision so thank you everybody for listening in uh, appreciate you tuning in and uh, we will uh, we will see you soon